This is your Monday Daily Delivery. I am Michael Rand, back at it for another week. A great show coming up for you today. I will be joined in just a little bit by Vikings wide receiver Justin Jefferson for a fun interview on all things football and a little bit of off-field stuff as well. Later on after that, I'll be joined by Patrick Royce, future gopher football writer, Patrick Royce, maybe, uh, but current Star Tribune columnist for a tour of uh, that aspiration as well as gopher basketball and a little bit of twins talk as well. But first, what did I miss? You missed a snub, you guys. Um, Nothing Minnesota sports fans love more than to complain about how they were wronged. Uh, But I I think in this case, it's a legitimate gripe. Gopher women's hockey team finds out Sunday night they did not make the NCAA tournament. First time since 2007 that they were left out of the field. Kind of seems like they had a case here. Um, I know they lost eight games, um, all eight games to really quality opponents. Head coach Brad Frost saying uh, all of them to the number one, number two, or number three team in the country. They beat Minnesota Duluth twice, a team that gets into the tournament ahead of them. Uh, Providence gets the last at-large bid if you're going through all the how you're supposed to rank these teams, you know, based on kind of a an equal level. Gophers are ahead of both Providence and Minnesota Duluth. So strange, uh, some strange circumstances. Brad Frost certainly seemed perplexed in his uh, Sunday night Zoom session. Let's hear a little bit of audio from that session right now. We're not expecting to see what we saw tonight when those seatings came out. Got a room full of 20 girls and staff that are devastated to hear the news. But we'll be very interested to find out what uh, criteria they use to to pick those at-large teams. Eight teams. It, it, it's hard, I'm sure. But it seemed like the Gophers had a case to be in it like they almost always are. But they will be home instead of uh, going on the road to, uh, to to play in this tournament. That's a shame. Um, I, I feel like, you know, in this difficult season, I imagine, you know, not making a tournament hurts even more because it, it, you've battled through so much adversity just to be able to play. And then when you feel like you've been unfairly left out of the NCAA tournament, well, that's an extra sting on top of everything else. I'm Nyla Jean Myers, Senior Assistant Sports Editor at the Star Tribune. Thank you for listening to Strip Sports Daily Delivery. This work is made possible by our Star Tribune subscribers. For unlimited access to the articles mentioned in this podcast and our coverage of Minnesota sports from pros to preps, go to startribune.com slash subscribe. I'm excited to be joined today by Justin Jefferson. I can't even call you rookie wide receiver anymore. The season's over, uh, about to become second year wide receiver. Um, but really excited to have you on the show. Justin, how are you doing today? Good, man. Just just on vacation. Uh, really just taking some time off, but uh, just really just started working back out again, just getting back to that grind and, uh, you know, just getting getting that love for football again. <laughs> well, good. Don't lose that. Don't lose that. But uh, you deserve some downtime after what you did. You had 1,400 receiving yards as a rookie. Um, that's the most ever uh, by a rookie, which I have to say is a lot for someone who was supposedly just a slot receiver. How do you put into perspective the rookie season you just had? Um, I mean, it was crazy. Um, it just happened perfectly the way I wanted them to. Uh, me just ending up at a perfect situation. I mean, I couldn't ask for anything better. Um, it's just crazy how, you know, I just got sent to the perfect situation. And um, just having a season like that, 
um, it's definitely more to come. And, um, you know, it just gave me that confidence that I can go out there and just perform at a high level each week. It's not often that a draft pick comes in and immediately, I know you weren't thinking about it necessarily as replacing Stefan Diggs, but there's a symmetry with the draft pick, with him leaving you coming in. Did you feel an additional pressure because of that aspect of, of your arrival in Minnesota and his departure? At all. Uh, I'm a, I'm a competitor. Um, you know, I don't, I don't run from, I don't run from competition. I don't run from, you know, the say so's, um, you know, I just really just focused on myself. I didn't really try to focus on being the next Stefan Diggs. Um, I just really just wanted to be the better, better version of me, the best version of me. So, uh, going in, um, I just was confident in the game, um, just trying to get connected with Kurt. And uh, each week, our connection got better and better. And uh, I mean, the the stats says says otherwise. <laughs> I think it's great, um, nice, like kind of shows your generosity that you are letting Justin Herbert uh, keep your Rookie of the Year award at his house. But don't you think you should go pick it up and bring it to your place at some point? Um, I mean, he had a phenomenal season. Uh, of course, I would I would love to to have that award to win that award. Uh, you know, that's that's every rookie's main goal at the end of the season. Uh, but I mean, it is what it is. Um, I, I got I got all pro and I got uh, you know a, a Pro Bowl selection that he didn't get. So uh, I, I'm I'm pretty fine uh, with not getting it. It's all good. There's there's plenty of other awards that. I'm going to be out there, uh, you know, competing for receiver, you know, is dependent on a quarterback always to get you the ball. How do you walk the line between you know, like letting a quarterback know you're open and then coming off as someone who's whining to get the ball all the time? How do you, how do you find that nice you know, balance between, Hey, I'm open, but you know, don't say it too much. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's hard, especially in today's world. Uh, what if you, you know, ask for the ball, uh, your drama queen, your <laughs> all of these things, but <clears throat> if you're sit there being quiet, not not saying anything, you're not gonna get the ball uh, anyway. So, um, I mean, all of that is is outside noise. Uh, you know, we we know um, without what our con- communication is, um, you know, inside the locker room. Uh, but <clears throat> nobody nobody is gonna understand us uh, like like we're gonna understand. Uh, each other so um you know all of the outside noise is is irrelevant now you can you can disagree or agree with this i'd say you guys had a good offense last year 2020 um what what needs to happen for you guys as a group and even you and you individually to take another step in 2021 to become great or to have me describe you as great or elite whatever word you want to call it in 2021 um, yeah, I do feel like we are a great offense where we have the potential to be one of the best offenses in the league. Um, I mean, and just off of the stuff that we did last year, I mean, we were top, what, three, uh, top four, something like that, uh, in offense. So, um, you know, we have the guys, we have the guys to, to do it. We have guys on the team that can make some plays and, um, you know, have the ability to to make somebody miss in space. So, um, yeah, we just need to find those missing pieces. We need to find uh, that extra level uh, to really put this team you know, in that conversation of the Super Bowl. So uh, a lot of guys are, are definitely 
um, you know, counting us out and, you know, not having us in that conversation. So uh, that should be our motiv- motivation going into next season. Do you have to add to your game now as, as you know, as you start to see probably teams will start defending you a little bit differently? You always got to add to your game. Always, no matter who you are, no matter how good you you do the past season, uh, you're always you're always putting your moves on film uh, each week. Um, you know, you try to think of new moves to to beat the defender because somebody's always watching. You know, cornerback uh, is always going to be watching your tape um, uh, of all of the different moves that you make, all of the the tendencies that you have. So, um, you know, you're, you're always going out there searching for new ways to get open, new ways to, to make you different. So um, I've definitely been looking at different guys uh, that I like personally uh, so to get a little bit more, you know, a little bit more wiggle uh, to, to my routes and uh, to see new moves that I can um, add into my, to my swag. Add into the moves. That sounds good. Uh, a few more things for you, then we'll let you get back to a vacation. What, what's one thing about you that you think would surprise people if they knew it? Like something that maybe people don't know about you off the field, even. Um, I don't know, because I feel like I show my personality a lot, especially on the field and you know in the locker room and everything. So I don't know. What's your favorite TV show? Snowfall. Snowfall. Snow- if you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. The the news the season four just came out uh, like two weeks ago. So what is what? First of all, what? Let's back up. What is it? it it's like it's about a a young black man and a, a young black boy actually in um in um in L A. and um he he figures out that um like back then in it was like nineteen eighties or something yeah in the nineteen in the nineteen eighties. Uh, the government uh, was pretty much uh, putting drugs into the street and, and everything. And um, he was a smart student. He was going to go to college and everything. But he felt that uh, the rules were like they always had specific rules for black children back then. So no matter if he went to school or if he you know, stayed in the projects, he was still going to end up back in the projects. So he felt that the need to quit school, not go to school. And he started selling like, uh, like drugs and stuff. And it's, it's a great show. It's, okay. it's a, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check it out on your, on your recommendation. I'm going to check that out. Cause it does sound interesting to me. That's, that's cool. That, that's something I did not know about you. So we'll, we'll count that as a, something I didn't know about you. What couple things, who's the funniest Vikings teammate that you have? I know you probably didn't get to know these guys as well as you might in a typical year, but who would you say is the funniest teammate you have? Oh, uh... There's some funny guys in the locker room. Uh, Chris Boyd is definitely one of the funniest. He's a character, him. Um, Eric Smith, uh, I I spend a lot of time with him. You know, he he's from Louisiana, just like me. Uh, so, you know, we, we spend a lot of time together. We connect well together. Um, and, I mean, I guess we can kind of relate to each other, you know, being from the same area and then being drafted to, you know, a holy a different environment. So uh, we definitely really, you know, got connected well. Uh, Delvin, he he always cracks me up. Uh, just him being from Florida, uh, you know, all guys from Florida, you know, have that, that, uh, that accent, you know, that, that, that slang. So <laughs> he always, he always have me joked out the way, you know, he talking uh, the way he acts. 
Oh, let's last thing let's forward like say 15 years from now i don't want to actually do that i want to see your career play out but what 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 things have happened in that span of time for you to consider this a successful career um i mean at the end of my career having standing up on that on that stage uh having that yellow jacket that gold jacket i should say that gold jacket and you know saying my speech you know saying my story to the world um i feel like that would be um you know the highlight of my career that would be the um, not everyone gets that opportunity and um, gets to, to, to live that moment. So, um, you know, at the end of my career, uh, definitely would like to, to experience that. Justin, appreciate the time so much today. Great stuff. Enjoyed watching you this year. Enjoyed, you know, just getting to know you a little bit right now. And uh, best of luck this offseason in 2021 and beyond. We appreciate it. Same to you. Really enjoyed talking to Justin. I am going to check out Snowfall. I, I'm that's I'm not. I wasn't just saying that to him. I really am going to go check it out. Re-upping with uh, with Justin and giving him a a review of uh, of that once I'm uh, once I've gotten a chance to check it out a little bit more. Continuing a Monday tradition, I've got Patrick Royce with me here on Daily Delivery. Patrick has been down in Florida, <clears throat> where he is not only watching a lot of uh, Twins baseball, but he is actively campaigning for uh, the uh, vacated Gopher football beat writer position that was uh, left open when Megan Ryan went and took the uh, Twins baseball beat writing job. Patrick, good morning. How are you doing? Yeah, Michael, it's been my dream since I was a <laughs> nine-year-old kid kneeling in the end zone in 1954 when the Gophers played Iowa against the overflow crowd. Somehow my father got us down in the end zone in the, in the closed end of the stadium. And uh, Bob McNamara made his famous punt return. There were 65,000 people, Memorial Stadium. And Earl Smith from the uh, University of Iowa ran back a, uh, a kickoff for a touchdown that would have won the game for Iowa. And they called it back for clipping. And this young, naive, Catholic boy from Fulda, Minnesota is kneeling in the end zone and Earl uses the mother of all curse words right standing above me and uh, I've, I've been I've ever since then I've wanted to cover the Gophers and I think this is the this is pretty much the last chance don't you think it might be and I don't know how many more mm -hmm. times this beat is going to open up so you've, you've been you've been campaigning um you know campaigning on twitter saying boy this could That's be my this could be my shot um <laughs> can you uh, again okay, we is... captured some uh, we got some momentum going early in the week but i don't uh, you know i it kind of lost some momentum over the weekend there's no well, doubt about it that's why that's why we got to bring it back because I I love this idea. You you have not had the smoothest of relationships with the current head coach uh, PJ Fleck. Um, how do you think it would go if you were to actually uh, cover this team? Which is uh, this is more of a we call this a bit in the industry, by the way. But yeah, this, uh, yeah. the wow. uh, if you were to actually cover this team, how would that go? Well, you know what. That's an interesting question. What would do? I mean, is it possible to ask questions and get answers? I don't know. That's <laughs> uh, that's what would be. That would be. Uh, you know, I would really not like to do it in the Zoom era, right? Because you you have to be face to face with PJ to uh, to to get the full appreciation for him, right? And right. Uh, I I guess you would say now, coach. 
when you say it's all on you, then why are you telling me all this other stuff about how it's not on you? I mean, that it's either on you or it's not on you, coach. Right. What, what, which is it? But uh, I, I will say, I do think he's calmed down a little from the hard sell when he first started off. Don't you think? I yeah, mean, I think it's, he's it's settling. still there. It's still settling. there, but it's a you're little settling more into reality. it. You, you've beat, you've built the program a little bit. They were eleven and two a couple of years ago, so that probably buys you a little bit of a, a buy-in that you don't have to, to shout for. But uh, yeah, I would. I got to admit, I would. Uh, I'd pitch in a few bucks if it meant getting you <laughs> onto that beat, Patrick. I'm. I'm not. Well. Uh, not gonna uh, there's uh there's uh nothing uh more fun than uh to stir up the uh the gopher fans on uh, twitter i was hoping this might stir them up a little more but it didn't quite work uh, i would say this is the uh you know what this uh campaign of mine reminds me of hmm. uh, uh kevin garnett trying to buy the uh, timberwolves uh, <laughs> because you know I suppose if I really want to get the job, I'm going to have to apply. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he seems to have, to have, he seems to have missed have... that crucial step in buying the team and actually <laughs> yeah. trying to buy the team. Yes. At this, at this point, I'm kind of like Kevin. It's a, it's a Twitter campaign, but it, it would be an interesting experience. Uh, that would, that would be for sure. I will say, but a lot of people say, ah, you said he's just another Brewster. No, I, I think he can coach a little bit. I think right. he knows what he's doing. I think he knows what he's doing, yeah. but it would be, uh, it is funny how I've become the, uh, the anti gopher guy in their opinion. When I was a kid, man, that was all that mattered in life in, uh, in, in Minnesota sports, basically the state yeah. basketball tournament and the gophers and, uh, you know, going to the two Rose Bowls and Murray, Murray telling us the hey, that's what I would do, Mike. I would ask PJ every week on Friday if the hay was in the barn. <laughs> That'd be your one with, question every week. With Murray, Murray, the hay was always in the barn. Come yeah. about Thursday afternoon, you'd read in the paper that the hay was in the barn. So you could say, coach, is the hay in the barn? That would be pretty good. <laughs> that could become a tradition. The hay in the barn, something like that. But it's it's a little fun. Let, let's face it, Mike. Uh, I think Twitter has uh, uh, been the greatest uh, contribution to sports writing in in, in many many years because it it gives it it allows you to get some interchange with uh with people and it it'll and you know it allows you to kind of think of what people are are thinking and you get some funny you know there's a lot of goofy responses and there's a lot of hate on twitter but there's some funny people out there on twitter too and yeah. uh, and this led to some uh, pretty good uh pretty good retorts uh one of which was ricey is not the man we want on the gopher football beat ricey is the man we need on the gopher <laughs> football beat stuff like that you know i enjoy you get uh you know when when people pick up, up on what's going on on twitter it's kind of fun then that's 100 sure. so, yeah i love so. twitter twitter's great it's maybe not maybe not the favorite venue right now of a different gopher coach richard patino um no no patrick seven good seven losses to end the uh, big 10 regular season they get to play northwestern again vaunted northwestern who they you pointed out to me before we started they have fallen below northwestern in the standings now the 13 
versus 12 game, I believe, in the uh, Big Ten yes. tournament on Wednesday. Um, where, uh, where, where is your head at with that program now? After we've talked, uh, they, they've lost a couple more now. It's it's just amazing, uh, and I know uh, you know Kelsher was a good defender, and Leon Robbins. They don't have any presence inside, but uh, you know you know what astounds me, Mike. Rutgers comes to town. Rutgers comes to town. They shoot 31% and the Gophers shoot 31%. Cargo's one for 13 and they still go to overtime. Yeah, Rutgers I know. Rutgers must stink. They're going to go to the tournament and Rutgers must stink too. But you know, I, I think to, to a degree, the Big Ten is uh, overrated, not at the top, but uh, later on. But I, I don't know. It just, uh, I am no longer shocked at what happened to them. I am shocked at how they defeated the second, the fifth, and the seventh place rated teams in the country. That's what's amazing. Yeah, that's a good they, point. You know, that they beat Iowa, they beat Ohio State, and they beat Michigan, and they beat them bad. And, you know, they, they handled all three of them. Well, Iowa was, I guess, 102 to 95 or something like that. But right. uh, it's it, it's amazing. And uh, he's a uh, he's obviously – it's over. And uh, – I, I don't know where we're going here. Uh, Porter Moser, somebody told me the other day, is uh, the hot uh, number, the hot rumor within the coaching circles. He doesn't have a Minnesota connection, but uh, he's done well at Loyola. Uh, I, I, I think part of the decision here is going to be money. Yeah. San Diego's talking Brian Dutcher too, and he's not making, you know, coming here and, and Brian's not making a lot of money out there. I mean, 2 million a year is, is plenty uh, for, for Brian Dutcher. It's plenty for Moser. So, and you, you know, you can't hire a coach for less than two. And I don't think that he has any trouble coming up with the 1.7 buyout either. Somebody they can get three or four. Now they don't have the basketball boosters they used to have, but they can get three or four guys to come up with that money. I'm sure. Give me your one minute tour of uh, Florida so far. What's uh, what, what have you seen from our, uh, from our baseball players? Somebody had a new, uh, a good suggestion here that uh, we got a new betting line at, on spring training games in, in uh, Vegas. How many innings are they going to play <laughs> <laughs> over and under Seriously. the, uh, the other Saturday, we were scheduled for five all of a sudden out of nowhere, and they yep. played two and they had a rain out. Now, right. yesterday, they played eight or eight. seven and a half. Seven and a half, which was uh, quite a dramatic thing. I don't know. It's really hard to tell. Uh, Rios, I just saw him for two innings the other day. He was great. Okay. And my eight is outstanding. I yep. mean, this idea they don't have a number one starter. They might not have a number one starter, but they got two twos. Right. And that's better than most people. Maeda is really good. Barrios is, uh, is, it's there that it's, it's there. And I think that, uh, you know, he just had a maturity. He's got a maturity about him that just, you know, who knows, might get to be August and he goes in the tank again. Who knows? But, uh, I, I think the starting pitching, you got those two guys and then you can piece it together after them. I think they're starting pitcher. You know, they were like third or fourth in the league and yep. our, our ERA last year. We don't, we don't realize that pitching was sort of what was, they were a pitching team last they were. year. I think they were fourth in the majors a, in ERA, maybe. Yeah. 
yeah, two years ago, they were, you know, they just beat you because they right. bludgeoned everybody. But uh, the, the, the pitching was their, was their strength last year. They're kind of piecing together a new bullpen, but uh, what they need in the bullpen is a big comeback from Rogers. I'm really worried about the first baseman, though. Yeah. I just wonder if he'll ever get his bats, if he'll ever be able to get to the bat to the ball. He's a 285 pound man, 280 probably right now, I'd say. He looks 280. There's never been a Frank Howard was a 280 pound hitter, but he was six foot seven. You know, right. Six, this six foot eight. He was not like this. He was not this massive muscle bound uh guy and uh, uh it seems to me players because of velocity because of the fact you're fa facing three different pitchers every game uh you know you're if you get four at bats you're probably going to be facing three different guys it seems to me these guys are done earlier if you you know the the once it goes, it goes earlier than it did. And I don't, I don't say it's all steroids and stuff like that. I think it's a different pitching approach. And this guy, certainly steroids is not his problem. No, uh, It's just, but I'm wondering if Sano is ever going to get the bat to the ball again. It's yeah. uh, the other day I wrote about how he doesn't hit the fastball. Saw and, that. Yeah. And now I've seen, can't hit the changeup either. Now I now I think they got him. I think they got him. They're trying to gear him up, you know, to get yeah. to the fastball. So these guys are the other day somebody threw him three straight changeups and he didn't offer it the first two and missed the next one. And I don't know. You know, he can still hit a bad breaking ball seven hundred feet, but that's that's there aren't enough of those to uh carry you. That he worries me. Uh, the other thing you got, uh, you know, you really like the left side of the infield Robinson and, and Simmons, if, but what are they going to play? It's, is, you know, they're already talking about giving Robinson a lot of days off early in the season. Uh, I mean, Donaldson, Donaldson, what am I talking about? Donaldson. You're making him Brooks Robinson over there. Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, he is uh, by compared to what was playing third base. He's really good. I mean, it would be great if they could get, 130 games out of him and 140 out of Simmons, but Simmons has had a bad ankle yep. two years in a row. And uh, I don't know. I'm not worried. Everybody worries about Buxton's injuries. You know, I don't dive as much and, you know, don't break a hand sliding into a base. And uh, I think to me, uh, he, he's not as much about an injury concern to me as the other guys. Like he probably should be because he gets hurt every year, but they need him too. I mean, he's he's they're twenty percent better as yeah. a team when he plays because he increases, he improves. The fielding goes from a minus to a plus. He's the only guy they got that can run with speed, and he makes the pitching better. He yep. just makes more plays than any other center fielder. Willie Mays, for God's sake. So uh, they, uh, it, it, a lot of it depends on him if, if he can play or not. And uh, uh, it's, but I think I was not terribly optimistic coming down here. But if they piece the bullpen back together, they should be pretty good. Patrick, love chatting with you on these Mondays. Right. It's becoming a tradition. Enjoy the rest of uh, your time down in Florida, although it's Florida like weather. 
uh, up here, Patrick. Here. Listen, that right? that, yeah, that's great. Hey, uh, the Ricey Fleck podcast would do pretty good. On, uh, Star <laughs> Tribune, do it. Let's think? get it started. Let's get it started. <laughs> Patrick, All right. Thanks a hey, lot. The original PJ and the uh, imposter PJ. I'm the original. PJ. I got seniority on him, Patrick James. Let's well do it. PJ. We'll put it. We'll put it together. We'll get both of you on a show together sometime at least, and then we'll we'll see how the how see how the sparks fly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thanks, good Patrick. Goodbye. Let's end things with the cooler. Minnesota Wild back tonight against Vegas. First of two games against them back uh, at XL Energy Center for the first time in quite a while. They've only had like eight home games this season, which is uh, maybe part of the reason this has has felt like such a grind for them. But uh, still, I'm watching I'm watching this game tonight in particular. Um, Vegas is where things kind of all fell apart for them last week with the Zach Parisi um, you know, staying out in the ice too long, losing that game, they lose some momentum, they lose the next night's game. They come back Friday night, they have a really nice performance against Arizona. I'm thinking, okay, uh, things things have kind of turned themselves back around. Well, the night after that, have a really good first period, then they just completely run out of steam. So are they are they out of steam? Do they need this kind of recharge, get home? Can they put together two good games against Vegas and kind of get this momentum going again? Or are we at a kind of a stall point in this season? I'll be watching that tonight when they play one of the best teams in uh, you know in their division for sure, and maybe in all of in all of hockey, real Stanley Cup contender. If you want to be good, if you want to be a contender this season, these are two games you need to show up for, and it starts Monday night against Vegas. That'll do it for today. Some great shows lined up the rest of the week. I'm expecting to talk to Jerry Zagoda, who covers Minnesota United, on Tuesday's show. I think we'll be doing a lot of Wild and Wolves later on this week as well as those teams play some prominent games and the Wolves return to action on Thursday. So, good stuff coming up this week. Thanks for listening to the Daily Delivery Podcast. Read Star Tribune, startribune.com. Download and subscribe to this podcast. Write a review. I dare you. I bet you can do it. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.